In this episode of Home Music Studio One, I want to give you a tip to help you learn how to tighten up the low end in your mixes. That's coming up, so don't go anywhere. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you very much for joining me. My name is David Maxey. I am the host of Home Music Studio One uh, and HomeMusicStudioOne.com, the blog as well. And uh, this is a very special episode. You're listening uh, to officially episode number 17. And the reason this is special is because not only are you possibly listening, but you might also be watching this episode. This is the very first episode that uh, I have made available both video and audio format. And so uh, if you want to take advantage of the video side of things, you can find us in our YouTube channel and head on over to youtube.com forward slash H Music Studio One. That's forward slash H Music Studio One. And uh, again, that is at YouTube. Thank you very, very much for joining me today. In just a minute, I want to talk to you about one way that you can use to help tighten up the low end of your mixes. And uh, I want to show you a, a process that I use, and we'll get there in just a minute. But I want to start out every episode just by thanking all of you uh, for your support. And I want to highlight this time uh, just a few of the likes that have come in on the Facebook page. We've just got a huge amount of of traffic, it seems like, in the past several days and uh, kind of a flood of likes on the page. And so thank all of you for your support. And uh, if you want to find us on Facebook, you can do that at facebook.com forward slash home music studio one. You'll find our page there and join in on the conversation. Click like if you haven't yet to do so. But I want to give a big shout out and a thank you to uh, several people here, the most recent likes. And uh, just so I don't massacre your last names, I'm just going to just read your first names here. But uh, thank you very much to Terry, uh, to Pete, to Michael, to Jamie, to Rusty, to Daryl, Jeffrey, Jason, Oliver, Benjamin, Ronald, Tim, Mike, Dan, William, Troy, and Milton. Thank all of you for all the most recent likes to the page. Uh, As the time of this recording, we are literally at 299 likes on the Facebook page. So one more and we will have broken 100. And so that's pretty exciting to me. Uh, But once again, uh, thank you for joining me. This is the show where you can learn how to produce professional audio on any size budget. And if you want to get started in maybe what would be a first step or just another step for you in order to learn how to do that, uh, why not join the hundreds of people that are signed up already and are getting new and exclusive content weekly on the newsletter. And you can do that by heading over to homemusicstudio1.com forward slash free gift. And just uh, in exchange for signing up to that newsletter, I've put together uh, a small ebook that I'll give to you for free. I'll send you a link to download that. And that answers one of the most popular questions I get asked, and that is dealing with audio compression. The title that is Understanding Compression in the Home Music Studio. So I'd love to send that to you. Head on over to homemusicstudio1.com forward slash newsletter or forward slash free gift. They'll both get you to the same place there, and I'll make sure to send that link to you. With that, let's get into what I want to get into today. 
I want to talk about a process that is very simple uh, and has actually a lot of different uses in a lot of different places. But uh, for this particular uh, demonstration, I want to talk about how to tighten up your low end. And uh, as we get there, I was thinking about uh, my early days uh, in elementary school way back in the day. I was kind of preparing for this podcast. And, and uh, you know, I don't know if any of you had the same experience that I did. It seemed like there was always a teeter-totter and uh, out on the playground and there was always that one guy whose job was every recess to get you on the top of that teeter-totter so that he could hold you there for a while till you couldn't stand it and then eventually jump off the back end and you would slam back down to the ground. Kind of, uh, you know, the, the only way a teeter-totter works well is if there's a give and take, right? But it, it always seems like every time back in the day, uh, which is, believe it or not, a lot further uh, than it used to be my elementary school years. I'm not old, but I'm not young anymore. Uh, you know, that give and take of the teeter-totter is what made it fun. But if you had someone that just didn't want to give, they wanted to keep you at the top, or, uh, you know, they, they were just wanted to get you up and then they would jump off. Either way, it just didn't make things fun. And, uh, you know, a lot of ways, uh, mixing is similar in that a lot of elements of our mix require a give and take from one track to another. And let me explain. When we talk specifically about the low end, I'm referring to your kick drum and your bass guitar or whatever is occupying those uh, those low end frequencies around 100 and, and below, uh, really around 150 and below. But your bass guitar, uh, you might also have a synth maybe kind of occupying, depending on the style of music you're doing, but a kick drum and and bass. Those are the two elements that make up the majority of the brunt of the low end of your mix. And I want to give you a technique that's really simple, really easy that almost anyone can use. And you can this will work in just about any digital audio workstation or your recording software to help tighten up that low end and to provide a give and take from the kick drum and the bass guitar so that they're working well as a unit, not as just two individual pieces. Now, before we get into this, uh, to be fair, I've said it many Many times that a, that an excellent mix, a professional mix, is not just one magic bullet. There's a lot of elements that go into this, and so this is no exception. So EQ matters, okay? Uh, the overall balance between your bass and your kick matter, and even individual compression on each track. All There's there's several elements that matter, but I want to show you something today that has to do with compression, but it's a little bit of a, 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 you know, of a, of a side journey, no pun intended, of compression. What I want to talk about is called sidechain compression, and this is one thing that you can use in a lot of different places, but today... I want to show you how to use sidechain compression uh, on both the bass guitar and using the sidechain input from the kick drum in order to create space for one another. Now, let me explain what sidechain compression is. Standard compression, uh, if you put a plug-in on any track uh, that is in your recording software, that track is going to read the input signal, uh, that, that track is going to have a, an output signal go into that plug-in, that plug-in is then going to read the input signal coming from whatever track you've got that plug-in set on. So in this case, let's just say uh, I inserted uh, this plug-in right here, I'm going to go over to, uh, I'm using Cakewalk Sonar here, X2 Producer, I've got a session open and I'm going to go to uh, my Sonar. Sonitis FX compressor. Now, when I insert this compressor on the bass track, it is reading the signal from the bass track output going into this compressor through the signal chain. Uh, whatever adjustments I've got set, whatever settings I have are then going to be applied according to the threshold. And then the output of that is going to continue to go back into uh, the track and then continue on down the line in the rest of my mix. 
Now, that's normal compression. It's it's sensing an input signal from the track that you've installed the plug-in on and then processing whatever settings you have in place, and then it'll output again to that same track. Sidechain compression is this. Rather than take the input signal from the track itself, it gives us the ability to take an input signal from another track. Rather than just having to uh, you know, have the input signal from, say, the bass guitar track, it'll give us the ability to use the sidechain input taken from an output of the bass drum or the kick drum track. Now, you might wonder why uh, we would do that. I'm going to show you in just a minute. But first, let me uh, let me do this. I've got my uh, compressor here installed on this bass track, and I want to let you hear. Uh, I'm going to turn the compressor off for a minute. I've got a little demo session open, and I want to let you hear what I've got going on, just a little piece of this, and then we're going to zero in on uh, what I want to do here with uh, using sidechain compression. So here's a little piece of this track right now. Chosen by a meddling grace Known by the one who has rescued me Okay, so that kind of gives you an idea of what we've got going on in this mix. We've got a full drum set. I've uh, got some keyboard in there, guitars, uh, some synth going on in there as well, and uh, vocals, both backing and lead, and we've got a few other things happening in there. But uh, here's what I want to do. I want to zero in on this bass guitar track, and I've inserted this plug-in. Now, this, uh, this plug-in, what is unique about this compressor is it supports the sidechain input. And uh, many default plug-ins uh, that are compressors, many default compressors in the plug-ins that maybe come with your system may also support a sidechain chain input as well. However, let me say this, if your compressor does not have a sidechain input on there or it doesn't support it, uh, you can get a hold of a free VST version of a sidechain plugin by heading on over to reaper.fm and uh, there is a free uh, VST plugin set on that website that is kind of the default that comes with the, the digital audio workstation Reaper, but you can also download the plugins as an independent install and you can use them in whatever recording software you're using uh, as long as it supports VST and the compressor in that pack supports sidechain input. So if you need to do that, uh, you can pause this recording and head on over and grab that and, and follow along with me in your own uh, recording software, your own DAW if you would like. But here I am. I've got this compressor installed on the bass track. And the first thing that I want to do is I want to use this compressor with a very fast attack and I want to have a very fast release. And uh, I'm also going to lower my threshold when I listen to this within the mix. I want to take the bass guitar down with this compressor roughly about six to eight decibels and uh, maybe less depending on exactly what your use is. You'll see why in a minute. But I'm going to now listen to the mix and then I'm going to use the threshold of the compressor. Uh, I've got a, a ratio here. I'm going to stick this right about eight to one. And that that's just something that I know this particular unit, uh, you know, this is right, right where I want to be. So don't get too caught in the numbers. But I'm using this ratio. I'm using a high attack, a high, a fast release, fast attack, because I want to lower the volume of the bass guitar by about 6 dB, uh, maybe onwards up to 10 dB, depending on your type of mix. So I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to lower the threshold and then lower that volume until it sounds about right. Chosen by a meddling grace. Known by the one who has rescued 
Okay, now hopefully you've been able to hear that. Uh, in what I did there, basically I lowered the threshold till I got roughly about 6 to 10 dB of, of reduction on the bass track, and that bass going in and out was me simply just turning the compressor on and off. Now that's exactly what we're looking for. Uh, we're really just kind of burying that bass right down there in the bottom of the mix. Now with the compressor off, it sits right where we want it, but when we turn the compressor on, it pushes it nice and low down in, buried in the bottom of that mix. It's still there, but it's, it's definitely low. Uh, now here's the next thing that I want to do, and this is the important step of sidechain compression. I'm going to turn my compressor back on. However, I don't want that compression to be compressing the whole entire track all the time. This is where the sidechain input is extremely important. What we're after is this. I want my bass guitar to come down in volume just in the momentary spots that the kick drum hits. I want them to give and take for each other. And uh, in this case, I want the compressor to push down the bass just as the kick drum is hitting so that the kick drum attack can come out. Then the bass will rise back up again when that signal from the kick drum sidechain input is goes, goes away and then that allow the kick to be the attack and the bass guitar will be the sustain and the two of them that lock together will make up a really good low end rhythm section that are nice and tight working well together. So in order to do this uh, in your recording software you can have you'll have several ways to do this. One is what I'm going to use I'm going to insert a new auxiliary send and uh, in sonar right at the bottom of my list here uh, by the way I just right clicked in that track area if you're using sonar and uh, went to insert send and then uh, down here at the bottom, it shows my Sonitis FX compressor side input, which is the sidechain input, and it shows it being on the bass guitar track. That's the compressor we just set up to lower the volume of the bass. I'm going to select that, and I'm just going to leave my output on that exactly as the default, which is set to, uh, for post fader, and then uh, just zero uh, dB or unity gain uh, on the output of that. Now, if you don't have the ability to take an aux send, you can also just simply copy your kick drum track, and uh, rather than make the output output go of that secondary track to the master. You could send the output of that to a sidechain input as well. There's a, a couple of different ways to achieve the same thing. So in this case, we've got an extra aux send going uh, output, and what it's doing is it's coming to the input of this compressor through the sidechain. I'm going to play this again, and here's what you're going to notice. The compressor is only going to compress the bass guitar track that we have this plug-in on. It's only going to do that when we hear the kick drum. The reason being is the the output of the kick drum from this aux send is going into the sidechain input on this compressor, and the compressor is only compressing when it senses that sidechain signal. So let's listen, and uh, visually you can watch, and you'll definitely be able to hear a difference here. Every time you hear the kick drum, the bass is going to momentarily get out of the way, and then as soon as that kick drum releases, the compressor will release the bass guitar as well, allowing the bass to come right back up in its position. We've got a really fast attack, a really fast release because we don't really want this to be crazy audible. We want this to be really quick and we want this to kind of blend together so our kick and our bass work as a unit. So let's listen to this. Chosen by Grace. 
Okay, I'm going to do this just for the sake of the demonstration. I'm going to take out uh, the lead vocal and the backing vocal, and uh, that'll give us just a little more ability to hear the rest of what's going on. And uh, I'll, I'll let you a little uh, have a little closer look in just a moment. But let's listen to this part one more time. This is with the sidechain enabled. When the kick drum hits, the compressor is then compressing the bass guitar to knock about that 6 to 10 decibels out of it that I previously configured it to do. Okay, now let me give you a little A-B listen here. I'm going to turn the sidechain compressor off for a moment, uh, and I'll toggle that on and off and let you hear the difference between the two. Here we go with the sidechain on. Sidechain off. Back on. Okay, now this is a subtle change for sure, but it definitely does make a difference. It's one piece of the pie. We're trying to go from amateur to professional, and this is one technique uh, of many that will definitely help you do that. Now, just to help you get a little better picture of what's going on, I'm going to go to the output of the, the uh, kick drum track, and I'm going to turn the master out so that it's not going to the master fader at all. It's not going through any of the subgroups. So what we're getting is just the augs out to our compressor, and uh, this, this will allow you to be able to hear the bass as it comes down in the kick drum will not be in the mix at all. So let's listen to this now. And uh, our, our sidechain compressor is still taking the input signal from that, but uh, the, the master, uh, you're not going to hear the bass drum at all, the kick drum at all. Let's listen to this. Okay, now if I lengthen this uh, release quite a bit, you'll hear the massive difference that I'm talking about. See if this helps you hear a little bit better. Okay, definitely that's an exaggerated version of, uh, of what we're after. And so you can tell a, a difference there. And so if I go back to my bass guitar track or my bass drum track, my kick drum track, and uh, just take that output and I'm going to assign it back to uh, the mix that I had it originally, we can hear this one more time. Now what we've got is a nice pocket for that kick drum to sit in, giving us the nice attack and that tick uh, that I like to hear. And this is just the rock sound. This is more what I'm after in this particular mix. And then the bass allows that sustain to kind of fill out to be the rest of our mix that's happening there. Uh, pretty simple technique, but it works really well, and uh, it's definitely one of those things that are that, that is widely used in the professional re uh, arena, uh, and there's a lot more uses than this, but this is definitely one that'll really help. So let's listen to a piece of this again. This is with the side chain enabled, uh, and uh, in the settings back to normal with that, um, the uh, the release there on the compressor is back to where it normally was. Uh, let me back that down. I mean, by the way, the release is about one millisecond. The attack is is basically zero to 0.1 millisecond. So very fast release, very fast attack, uh, high enough compression ratio and low enough threshold to give you about that six to ten dB reduction of uh, of gain on the bass guitar. So let's hear it together, uh, and I'll throw the vocals back in there and listen to the final mix. Rest. 
Okay, there you have it. Uh, Sidechain compression. This is one way to definitely tighten up your low end and give you a nice, uh, nice warm low end that works together where your bass is not fighting the kick and the vice versa. And, uh, and we've got them working as a nice tight unit. There's a lot of different uses for this once you kind of get the idea of using sidechain uh, chain compression. Experiment with it. Let me know what you think. And uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, you can do, uh, you know, add your comments to the bottom of the blog post or uh, in iTunes as well as uh, the YouTube channel now. And uh, again, just a reminder, if you haven't joined the hundreds of people that are signed up for the weekly and uh, exclusive content in the newsletter, head on over to homemusicstudio1.com forward slash free gift. And uh, I'll send that free ebook out to you entitled Understanding Compression in the Home Studio. Uh, in the home studio. And so I'd love to hear from you. love to be able to send that out to you as well. Uh, once again, this is Dave Maxey. And until next time, we'll catch you later. Uh, this is the Home Music Studio One. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>